Psalm 127. A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of God endures forever. Uh, So this is another psalm I thought we'd look at. It seems timely uh, to me for us to meditate and chew on it this morning. Uh, A psalm we could take with us into a season of transition and change and uncertainty in which we find ourselves. If you can stay awake until the end, I'll say more about that. Uh, A psalm about God's working and our working and what it means for us to be in partnership with him. Uh, There are a lot of psalms that focus on the vertical relationship between us and God. God, I'm crying out to you. God, hear me. God, help me. This is a wisdom psalm. Uh, The focus is more horizontal in nature. Wisdom psalms are about living a life that is centered on God. Think of Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, but delights in the law of the Lord. That's a classic wisdom psalm. Uh, The main point of this wisdom psalm, I think, is not too hard to see. Nothing we do will bear fruit if God is not a partner in our efforts. We are to live a life of building and watching and working with God, who is also building and watching and working. Uh, And if it seems like the psalm switches gears in verse 3 and starts talking about something else, we'll see how it all fits together. Uh, The title of this psalm is part of the psalm. It is a psalm of ascents. Uh, Lishlomo, uh, the ESV uh, says, of Solomon, implying that Solomon wrote it. That's certainly possible. He was known for his wisdom and for building the house of the Lord. Uh, It could also be concerning Solomon or even to or for Solomon. Uh, That's the way the Jewish tradition understands it. David wrote this psalm for Solomon. David had wanted to build the house of the Lord. God said no. If he had insisted on doing it, his efforts would have been for nothing. And David is now relaying this to Solomon so that he will walk with the Lord as king or else his labors will be in vain too. Uh, We don't really know the right way to translate the title What we do know is verses 1 and 2 make a point pretty clearly. We have to work in partnership with and dependence upon God, or our work is in vain. Uh, Vain appears three times in verses 1 to 2. It's not the same word used in Ecclesiastes. It's a word here that means useless or worthless or fruitless. It doesn't produce the desired result. Uh, And it's applied to three types of human activity. Uh, Building a house, which is 
finding shelter, guarding a city, which is ensuring security, and daily work, which is ensuring economic viability. So uh, if anybody's familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs uh, from a, a first, uh, first semester psychology class or something like that, um, then these are Maslow's first two levels, food, shelter, and security. Uh, basic physiological and safety needs that come even before our psychological needs for relationships or self-fulfillment. In other words, there is a way of living life, even at the most basic level, where you can leave God out of it, leave him out of the picture. And the Bible calls that vain and useless and fruitless. Not vain in the sense that you can't physically do these things without God's help. There are plenty of houses that get built all the time by people who didn't ask God for help. Uh, But to use Jesus' imagery, you can build a house, but if it's not built and founded upon a rock, it won't stand. And Psalm 127 is saying, The rock is the Lord's gracious involvement in our work. So unless our endeavors are his endeavors, unless his presence and purpose is in our activities, there is a real sense that they are without purpose or effect or blessing. You strive for things, and even if you get them, they don't satisfy. Uh, That's actually the picture in verse 2. You get up. In the morning, you work until late at night, and you eat the bread of anxious toil. You're eating, but you don't really get any joy out of it. By the way, the bread of anxious toil is what Adam was cursed with in Genesis 3. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, or really in anxious toil, it's the same word, You shall eat of it all the days of your life. By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread. So vain labor is the curse for doing things without the Lord's involvement. So what's the alternative? Well, if you invert Psalm 127, uh, if you say it's, if it's true that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders build in vain, then what also is true? Well, Uh, That if the Lord does build the house, the builders don't build in vain. If the Lord does watch the city, the watchmen don't watch in vain. The fact that God is building and watching is the reason that we build and watch. We do it in the assurance that his work means our work will be meaningful. This is the opposite of the zero-sum mindset that most people have. If I make a strong effort, it somehow minimizes God's role. If God is doing something, it somehow minimizes my role. This is not the Bible's perspective, uh, and it should not be ours. I love 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. Uh, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's something everybody ought to be able to say. Uh, And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Uh, So who was working? Was God working or was Paul working? Well, Paul says 
Uh, I was working hard, but actually God's grace was working hard in me. It's very similar to Psalm 127. The reason God's grace was not in vain towards Paul uh, was that it moved him to participate in the work that God was doing. We're getting something profound here about the Bible's view of God's activity and ours. There's a partnership. There's a union of God's work and our work. God builds and we build. God guards and we guard. Uh, You can invert it, but you can't reverse it. It's true that unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. It is not true that unless those who labor build the house, the Lord builds in vain. Uh, God's work precedes, grounds, and gives meaning to our work so that he gets all the glory, but he can do it without our help if he wants to. Uh, I think this is what the end of verse 2 is getting at. Uh, In your English Bible, uh, it says, God gives to his beloved sleep. Uh, I think it might better be translated, for he gives to his beloved in sleeping. Uh, Which, by the way, uh, probably ties back to Solomon. You might remember uh, that Solomon's other name was Jedidiah, beloved of the Lord. Uh, And when did God give to his beloved, Solomon, the great promise that he would have wisdom, he would give him wisdom, he would give him a discerning mind, he would give him riches, he would give him honor like no other king. When did God promise to give Jedidiah, beloved, all of those things? Well, 1 Kings 3 tells us, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I shall give you. And God gave to Solomon Not while he was working, but while he was sleeping. Uh, Which also, if you remember the promise that God makes to Abraham, uh, that also is a promise that Abraham gets while he is sleeping. Uh, So our work is important. Our work matters. We should do it. But God's work always comes first. And even when we are sleeping, God is at work for his beloved Uh, We do not work to get God to love us. We work because we know God loves us. We know he wants us to build uh, because he builds with us and he watches with us and he works with us, which I think is pretty liberating. If I succeed, that is from God. Uh, If I fail, that does not define me. I can work and I can rest because it doesn't all depend upon me. Uh, So the second half of the psalm is about children. There's a saying, a metaphor, and a beatitude. So let me walk through those and I'll tell you how this ties into the first part of the psalm. Uh, There's a saying, children are a heritage or an inheritance from the Lord. Not that we give our kids an inheritance. They are an inheritance from God. Kids, you are a gift from God to your parents. You can remind them of that once in a while. Uh, and tell them I said it was okay. Uh, A metaphor, children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. 
Uh, I once heard someone say that children are like arrows because you pull them close for a while and then you shoot them far away and hope they land in the right spot. Uh, That is completely true. I don't think that's what the psalmist is getting at. Uh, The arrow here is used in the defense of a city. Uh, It's used to turn away aggression. It's an image of security. And that leads to the beatitude, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Uh, Which, by the way, doesn't mean have as many children as you can, even if you can't give them the care, love, attention, and support that they need. Uh, There's a theology, or really a camp, that kind of teaches this thing. I think it's incompatible uh, with the Bible's sense of wisdom in the very thing that Psalm 127 says we're supposed to be doing in terms of putting God at the center here. The point, I think, is that godly children confer a real advantage to a family in the battles of life. The end of verse 5, he shall not be put to shame, really, actually, um, it literally says, they shall not be put to shame. They shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. There's this picture of a legal conflict uh, where the family comes to, uh, to aid. And if we commit our families to God and we raise our children as an inheritance to God, uh, they will not be ashamed uh, when our families face adversity. Uh, so the question is, how, how does this tie into the first half of the psalm? Does it tie in at all? Uh, and I think the two ways you can, the two stanzas of the psalm are really this. Fruitful work and fruitful family. Both of which require God's blessing and involvement. Uh, two elements of life that both involve uncertainty and require us to trust that the Lord will bless our efforts. Just like building a house or guarding a city, the Lord must be at the center of our families uh, and that they are a heritage from Him should motivate us and empower us to work and to raise them for Him. Uh, I wonder sometimes maybe one of the reasons God gives us children is to show us we are not in control We are not as smart as we think we are, uh, and we need the Lord to bless. Uh, It's an area where we have all made a lot of mistakes. What matters most is, are we doing this work with the Lord? Uh, And so uh, parenting, like everything else, should not be an act of anxiety or arrogance, but a partnership with the Lord. Uh, I, I've seen parents over the years who've been very diligent in raising their kids. At some point, their focus shifted from God to themselves. And in the way they approached everything from schooling to activities to church, they started thinking it depended, it all depended on them. Uh, and in certain worldly ways, they were successful. But spiritually, it was in vain. Because all day long they parented, eating the bread of anxious toil. And their kids knew it. Uh, Knew that they were not putting the Lord at the center of their endeavors. Uh, So really the psalm is about getting us to see that we are doing things in dependence on the Lord. Let Let me try to bring it home for us this morning. Uh, A community of faith is like building a house. 
Uh, It's like watching over a city. Uh, It is often daily toil relationally in caring and bearing one another's burdens. Uh, It's caring about and for our children. We do it all in the confidence that God is also doing it. His presence enables the laborers to succeed because of their trust in Him. His protection, His abiding with us, gives us hope and perseverance to keep watch. Uh, There are a lot of things we want to do. There are a lot of things we want to become uh, right now. We need to do them and work toward them in dependence on God and in partnership with God who wants these things as well. Uh, Do we want to be a church that continues not to be marked by the brittleness, anger, and division that a lot of churches are experiencing? Well, pray for your church family, but also work to forgive one another, to learn when to hold your tongue, or when to speak a word of grace, or how to befriend someone who holds a different opinion than you do. Do we want to be a welcoming church? Pray for that, but then work by asking who looks lonely, who looks like they need compassion, who's standing all by themselves and needs a relationship. Don't just pray for the church, be the church to other people. Uh, Do we want to be a church that serves our young children and parents, uh, not just for our kids, but maybe for the kids of neighbors and friends who might not even know the Lord yet? Pray for that. But then let's work uh, to have a children's ministry, or at least start one and find ways right now to love and encourage families however we can. Uh, What attitude are we bringing into the next season of transition that we're going through? I think the temptation is to say, well, I guess I'll just sit back and see what happens to the community of faith and hope for the best. I think the obedient thing to say would be, I'm going to build, and I'm going to watch, and I'm going to work, because I trust that God is building and watching and working. Uh, People who are convinced that God is doing something in everything put their hand to the plow. Uh, This is the difference between people who hold a theological view of God's sovereignty and people who actually believe in God's sovereignty. Uh, Have you heard that thing about opinions versus convictions Opinions are things that you hold. Convictions are things that hold you. Uh, I've met a lot of people who have opinions about God's sovereignty, theological opinions about what it means. You know someone who is convicted about God's sovereignty. They don't wait for other people or for God to make things happen. They jump in and they start working because they believe the Lord is working in their working. Uh, No one knows how God will write our story. No one knows how God will write the story of an individual or of a church. We can work in faith. uh, And we can say, whatever I don't know, I do know that I'm called to minister to this person who needs a note or a phone call or a coffee or someone to come alongside and say, tell me about your wayward child or your hard diagnosis. 
Uh, This is what I think Psalm 127 looks like in a community of faith. How can we be confident that the Lord is building the house? How can we be confident that the Lord is watching over the city? Well, because Jesus died to build a house. The purpose of his death is to turn us into a spiritual house. Because Jesus died to build a city, to found a city. Psalm 87, he has founded his city on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion. Jesus, by his death, is gathering a city of people who will live in shalom and peace and wholeness and justice together in the world. Jesus builds a house that lasts. Jesus builds a city that is safe. And his work is not in vain, because in his death and resurrection, the Father and the Son are working in partnership as one for our redemption. And their partnership empowers our partnership with the Father and the Son. So we can go out in confident partnership with him. He works in our work because he loves us. He works while we're sleeping. So the work does not entirely depend upon us. But it is still our work to do with him in his working. So let me just end reading uh, the last verse of 1 Corinthians 15. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Amen? Let's pray together.